Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. They don't want to get a nasty tweet from Donald Trump. I wish he'd stay off Twitter. I don't care. I don't care anymore. Either way. Why are you here? You're supposed to be asleep. I am here determined to stop this future atrocity. It's just not a natural thing we would do in our society. You don't see that. Yes. Two things that have only never let me down in this entire country's history. The First Amendment and... Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Let me tell you, the one that matters is me. Well, uh, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, who host the popular uh, radio talk show, ask the same question of their listeners, and here's their response. It wasn't my finest hour. This is Ed McMahon, and now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from New York City. New York City. New York City, the Big Apple. The city that never sleeps. I've seen bigger apples. How many homeless people have you seen since you've been here? Uh, just a couple. I've seen two. Two homeless people. Those of you who live in San Francisco or San Diego. Or Portland. Trip from LaGuardia into downtown, walking around this morning, getting coffee, traveling around. I have seen a total 
of two homeless people. If I were in San Francisco, I would have seen 500 homeless people. But why? Why is the question? And stepped over a dozen of them, and I'd be cleaning human poo off my shoes already if I were in San Francisco. But I've seen two, two only homeless people in New York. Think about that. It's policy, people. It's policy. Mm, Fascinating. Talk about that more later. Thought-provoking. Thoughts are provoked. It's not a dimly lit room. We're looking out over the giant city, the, the naked city, a thousand stories. And today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Yeah! You know what? I'm so busy trying to make everything work. I don't, uh, uh, us. Us in New York, ready to set the talk radio industry straight. Yeah. Well, yeah, I had a good conversation with my Uber driver. We actually sat in the car and talked about it for a while, the homeless situation. So I'll tell you about that story. Fabulous. So the engineer's here. He's outside the door. Can you hear anything that's happening right now? No. Do you want him to come in and fix I, that I can while we're on the air? Yes, absolutely. All right, yeah, gesture to him, please. Which which gesture would you like? I know a number of gestures. I'm in New York. This is New York, brother. <laughs> Pick your favorite. Yeah, yeah. Hey, here's one thing I know. I said to my Uber driver, I said, I said I was standing on the corner thinking about, for instance, San Francisco, and I'm standing on the corner in San Francisco and comparing it to how is this street corner different than the street corner in San Francisco. People clearly walk faster in New York than oh, yeah. they do in San Francisco. And the Uber driver laughed and he said, everybody says that. Is that true? Oh, yeah. I said, it's absolutely true. Well, you have to. It's self-defense. It's uh, it's 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 a merciless. Come on in. That's cool. Yeah, come on in. He needs to hear what everybody's saying. So thank you for coming in, sir. If there's any way. If it's if self-defense against what? People uh, are walking being sir. killed. What do you mean? By cabbies <laughs> and other motorists. Standing on the corner in front of a coffee shop? Oh, yeah. Why do yeah. you have to walk so fast? So you're not killed. Oh, in front of a coffee shop? Yeah, people just walking down the sidewalk. Well, it's just to stay in shape. It's like, you know, a basketball player get on the exercise bike while he's out of the game well, just to the, keep his heart going because you got to be ready to sprint across the The West street. Coast cities are the fittest cities in America, so it's not that. It's it's just it's an attitude. It's stoned. It's just, that could be it. Yeah. It's it's an attitude. It's the talk faster, walk faster. Everybody has an angrier look on their face walking down the street, Listen, I, say. I am an aggressive driver. I used to be really, really aggressive. Now I, you know, you used I've to ram it. cars. I did. I did. They ought to get the hell out of my way. But I swear to God, I don't want to sound like a tourist because I've been all over the world. But the cabbie I had this morning knows no fear. None. You, you know, I was following along on my app just to see uh, how close we were getting, how late I was running. And uh, this guy gained three minutes in ETA in 20 seconds. As he rocketed down Sixth Avenue at about a hundred miles per Everything hour. Everything just happens faster. That oh, was tremendous. Yeah. It was great. It was, I needed no coffee. I don't mind sounding like a tourist. I'm a tourist, so um, I'm a businessman. So we'll introduce everybody on the squad, and uh, Joe will tell me what they said because I can't hear them. There is a uh, board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? Uh, pretty good. When you get to that fancy New York restaurant, make sure you say to the uh, server, uh, "My wife's parking the car. Do kids eat free here?" <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice, Michael. And again, I'm going to say, what's the biggest thing you've got on the menu? What weighs the most? <laughs> right. That's and ask about the macaroni yeah. and cheese. There's positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. I bring to you, man's achievement, two expert climbers, Alex Henold and Tommy Caldwell, climbed the 3,000-foot nose route of El Capitan, the rock wall in Yosemite National Park, in under two hours. This is a first in humanity. Said another speed climber, it's like breaking the two-hour marathon barrier, but vertically. That, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I just it's overshadowed by the fellows who broke the the speed record going down. Yeah, the other day. Th- and did that happen? Just, and God bless those those climber dudes, and and I respect their achievement. But they but, did that just like 
recently because two guys oh, yeah. fell to their death last week and then another guy fell to his death the week before that. That's a heck of a thing to say. You know what? I'm going to do it as as recklessly as possible to get to the top. Well, as my cabbie might have said, F it. I'm better than they are. <laughs> so Forget about it. Up, up they went. <laughs> um, there's... Our news every day. How are you, Marshall? I'm doing very well. We have some celebrity birthdays, including one of Positive Sean's favorite actors. Ooh. Liam Neeson, 66 years old today. Better guard your throat. He'll throat punch someone just uh, just for just for whims. Just for fun. Oh, yeah. Just to say hello. Le- Liam's net worth $85 I mean, be million. Dollars. Tough guy movie guy when you're almost 70 years old. I guess that's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, it's Hollywood is. magic. Yeah. And it is legendary singer Tom Jones' 76th birthday today. Tom's net worth $300 million. $300 million. That's it's absolutely fabulous. And, and how does he compare to Liam Neeson? Did I miss that? Did you mention his? What was Neeson's worth? $85 million. Yeah, $85 million. $85 million. That we know about. Tom freaking Jones has $300 million. Yeah, he saves. He's Welsh. Those birthdays were really good for the over 60 sets. Yeah, that's great, Marshall. (laughs) He's Welsh. You know, we're we're speaking on a panel about attracting younger listeners to talk radio. You know what we find works for us is, you know, a lot of Tom Jones material. (laughs) Celebrity stuff. Whoa, you remember this one, kids? You don't? Celebrities you have to be at least 50 to have ever even heard of. How about Zero Mostel, Marshall? Fatty Arbuckle. Anyway, I want to talk about Tales from the Naked City, the Big Apple. All right. The city by the bay, the windy city, the city that never sleeps, the Thames. Big D. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All that coming up. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. How did it get to be already Thursday, June the 7th, the year 2018? We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right. Let's leap into action officially now, according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go at Mark. I don't even think there's a slight suspicion that it's true when you, excuse me, when you look at Stormy Daniels. Uh, I know Donald Trump, and Let's look, respect at his, him. look at his three wives, right? Beautiful women, classy women, women of great substance. Stormy Daniels. Yeah, you got you to enjoy the visual on that, too, as uh, Rudy Giuliani, <laughs> when he first says, so uh, he got with Stormy Daniels. Kind of rolls, rolls his eyes. So this was like, this was somebody like somebody <laughs> caught him off the record in an interview in a hallway, right? This this was some sort of phone tapping leakage. Yeah, but wherever this, however it unfolded, are we seriously back to the she's not hot enough? Yeah, argument. Uh, well, and and come on, um, especially at the time that she says they were having sex, she was every bit as hot as the, all the sort of tramps that he runs around with. Yeah, and. Why are we even going there? Oh, there's no way. Look at her. Look at her. There's no way he went there. <laughs> that is a, that is a, well, we'll talk about more of that yeah. later, I guess. What are other headlines? Uh, Marshall Phillips. Trump meets rump meeting pays off with presidential pardon. We got a connection between toothpaste and cancer. And Kevin Durant brings a dagger down for another Warriors win. Coming up minutes from now. Toothpaste and cancer, that doesn't sound the least bit irresponsibly scaremongery. I'm right. looking forward to it. All right, so avoid cancer, but have all your teeth fall out of your head. There's a choice. Well, or or it'll cure it. I don't know. i got to stay tuned now. Um, so fantastic. For those of you who aren't elderly, this is Tom Jones we're listening to right now. Uh, stay tuned. Mailbag is good. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Of the nation. 
The Armstrong and Getty Show. So we are uh, Armstrong and Getty live from New York City today, which will factor into the show on a number of levels. <clears throat> um, compare and contrast East Coast, West Coast attitudes, sure. politics. Uh, 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 one thing, I'm still waiting for the rude New Yorker. Everybody I've met has been like sweet as honey. It's like I'm in Savannah, Georgia. Oh, really? Yeah, seriously. That has not been my experience. Except for the cabbies. No. But you go into like a regular fast-moving coffee shop with 800 people trying to get in and get coffee? No, I went into an inexplicably abandoned coffee shop. I think they were just happy to see me. They probably actually sell meth out at the back, and they couldn't believe somebody was there to buy coffee. I wouldn't say rude because I'm, you know, I've been to New York enough to expect it. But uh, Mm -hmm. if you're not, you know, if you're not used to it, it's... it, it, it. my first interaction with somebody got in really late last night. I got to tell you about the worst flight I've ever been on in my life. Actually had the airbag out and in my lap. Thought I was going to throw up. Sure. Pe- people screaming. Oh, I've God. never been on a flight where people were screaming. I did it once or twice. Never want to do it again. Not babies, adults. Right. Um, but uh, the first interaction I had with somebody, I thought, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's the way people talk here, like they're mad at you. <laughs> the word is brusque. Well, they're just I in a hurry. They got no time for uh, messing around, which I get. Right. So, fine. Right. Uh, mailbag. I'm working on my accent, though. Forget about it. How does that sound? That's very good. Very good. All right, a lot of great mailbags. So let's move swiftly. I mentioned yesterday that we are not the most ambitious people in the entertainment industry, and I don't particularly need to be world famous. I have no desire to be. And as I said, being fabulously wealthy would have its upside. Yeah. <laughs> If that ever happened. Vicky says the world needs you to be famous. Even if you don't need to be famous. The world needs you. Wow. there's a Can't handle that pressure. The world. If the world needs that, the world has problems. The world really needs to get at the root of its problems. You know, I, I honestly I honestly agree with her. I think the talk radio uh, landscape would be better with more of us. Hmm. I, I honestly believe that. If you took me out of the equation and was just listening to the show. Keeping in mind that I am a man who craves leisure, would that create extra work for us? No. That's okay. No. I'm in. Uh, That's a great thing about being on more stations. Same amount of work, just more people hear you. Right. Uh, Also, uh, we posed the question once or twice in the last couple of days. If you're, say, 45 and under, just to pick a number, uh, why do you like the show, and in particular in contrast to other shows, because we're going to speak at a panel at a big industry gathering about uh, attracting younger listeners to talk radio or something like that. That's the gist of it. Um, Jack's position is you can't. Um, <laughs> but we pose that question and we're... Uh, you, do, you do elderly celebrity birthdays. That's oh, how you do it. Oh, my God. <laughs> but we pose that question just once or twice and and y'all have responded. I mean, hundreds of emails. Hundreds of emails from 40-somethings, 30-somethings, 20-somethings, and teenagers. I would actually like to hear that. For the love of God. Well, I got a stack of them here and we got another 50 overnight, so... Uh, is there a theme? Yeah, there are certain themes that emerge, and I don't. I can't decide. We don't read praise a lot during mailbag because we're self-effacing, uh, effacing Midwestern boys. Um, uh, many many years ago. Uh, but um, all right, I've listened to your show four by five for around fifteen years. At age thirty-seven, I'll sum it up why I listen: a near perfect balance of seriousness and humor. That's in the eye of the beholder, but uh, this is uh, Nathan, 
certainly appreciate uh, you appreciating that. An honest, balanced point of view. You guys give me the news as if you were normal people and not some stupid 24-hour TV news outlet. I hate Fox News. I hate MSNBC. I will only take in news through you guys. And then he says a couple other nice things and said other reasons. You're the best place to get last-minute Halloween costume ideas. <laughs> uh, I get to hear Simple Jack's expertise on bitcoins and all things technical. Um, ways to make the show better. Drop Marshall. He doesn't get the show. Bring back Jamie Coffey. Oh, please. Wow. Marshall is a prince. The day Marshall says, all right, you two a-holes, I've had enough Yeah, I quit. Yeah. And we have to bring in, like, anyone. You're going to weep bitter tears wishing Marshall were back. He is a pros, pros, pro. Pro. Sean, I saw a, a Bitcoin ATM last night. Took a picture of it. I was going to send it to you, but it was one <laughs> thirty in the morning. Did you make a withdrawal? You got to get into Bitcoin. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I don't, even, I don't. I don't even know what it would look like when it came out. It spit something out. I'd say, is this it? Is this the right amount? It probably be a little slip of paper, and you just have to believe. I guess it probably sends some text to your phone. Your your Bitcoin wallet now has point two more. Yeah. Exactly. And then you have to figure out how to access it. Access it. Here's your unicorn dust. <laughs> Uh, Dennis in beautiful Bay Point, California, writes, uh, love the show, listen every day. Thanks, Dennis. I know Jack is sick of the subject. I think it was Joe, me, who said my hiney is extremely tired on this point, but I felt I had to make one more point, he writes. Uh, one of you were saying yesterday that the Eagles should just go to the White House, shake hands, have their picture taken, be done with it. No big deal. Maybe an opportunity to educate the president on the whole kneeling thing. I, I think we both expressed thoughts on that, uh, you know, in that direction. The thing with the White House visits now, though, is that the president injects himself into social issues and makes statements like players should be fired for kneeling. This issue has nothing to do with the running of the country, but the president gets the White House involved, which puts the NFLs and the players in difficult spots. I honestly believe that the pres- if the president kept his Twitter mouth shut, the players probably would have gone. Of course, I also thought Hillary would win the election, so what do I know? Uh, Everybody right. thought Hillary would win the election. Oh, yeah. Yeah, don't, don't beat yourself up. That's not up a knock. That. But, yeah, you know what? You're right. You're right. There's there's plenty of nasty on both sides. I just... Well, we'll see. You know, Next Republican president, which who knows when that will be, uh, if athletes go to the White House then. Here's my question. It's my only question. Somebody answer this question, which is my question. Right? It's, it's slow coming. <laughs> Whatever happened to the high road? <laughs> Why will no one take the high road anymore? That's what I want to know. Isn't the high road Rudy Giuliani saying, have you looked at Stormy Daniels? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the high road? <laughs> uh, throw in a butterface, why don't you, Rudy? Mr. Classy. By the way, the city you did such a beautiful job of cleaning up, de Blasio's trying to ruin it. Trying to ruin it. Still, I've only seen two homeless people, which is amazing. Let's see. Speaking of the high road, here's a nice note from Chris uh, on the topic of our our switcheroo from uh, old uh, John Cox to uh, Travis Allen, who lost in the primary for the governor of California. Um, When you guys first had him on your show, you're so generous with Cox. You guys said sounded head over heel for Cox. Why have you flipped on Cox so abrasively? You went from generosity to complete rigidity. I understand the... Wait a minute. I think I understand. Just remember, the, if you rub Cox the wrong way, he... Oh, for God's yes, sake. I Chris, I can't believe you'd use us like that. I think that. I'm picking up on the sophomoric theme. I can't believe you'd do us like that, Chris. Uh, my friend Mike the Lawyer. This is going to be such an uninspiring race for governor in California. Um, it was. It's interesting to me how much the California politics got national attention. The New York Times probably has five articles about the California race today. Wow. 
Wow. Whether it's governor or house seat or whatever. Yeah. 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 Well, we'll delve into that a little bit, I guess. But, um, uh, oh, somebody called you on your uh, Gavin Newsom rags to riches story. They say uh, he, his, his mom got enormous alimony and that Gavin kind of made up that story. But. Okay. We'll look into it. All right. Well, I should do my own independent reporting outside of what the newspaper says, I guess. The newspaper. The liberal newspapers. Hmm? We'll look into it. Uh, Mike the lawyer, my friend from Chicago, says, yes, I was very much like Rob Schneider as a young'un. How did that come up again? Somebody went to Somebody, high school with yeah, Rob, yeah. Rob Schneider? I was, I was looking at my son's high school or second grade musical and trying to say, is their abilities on stage right now and a predictor of anything of the future? Or does it mean nothing? And somebody said they went to school with Rob Schneider through their entire school life, and he was a star from the beginning. Wow. Wow. Making the copies. Uh, Mike says, I was remarkably Rob Schneider-like. The one thing he brings up, um, uh, he, he was hilarious and had improv chops like none of us had, which brings me to one of, I have two life regrets. Number one, I should have done a better job raising my kids. I think I did a pretty good job, but I just, I wish I'd done a better job. Uh, my, my daughter, Kate says, dad, I ended up fine. So I try not to worry about it. My second regret is we were in the Chicago land improv championship at second city theater. And I thought getting high would loosen me up. Oh, so I smoked a little dube and it made me so paranoid. I couldn't do freaking anything. That's I could have been on Saturday night live. That was a bad move. Oh, it's unimaginably stupid. Although I was, you know, 17, 18 years old. I was an idiot, by definition. <laughs> by definition. <laughs> anyway. That's hilarious. Ah, uh, you know, I didn't have time for a great D-Day email, but we got all sorts of stuff to get to, so hang around. We got three and a half hours left. Oh, yeah. What are you talking about? That's a good thing. Yeah. Um, so Marshall's got his news coming up, and we'll get into the news of the day. That's next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Somebody going to emergency. So I get to my hotel room in New York City at about 1 o'clock in the morning. I haven't eaten uh, all day long because of this unbelievable flight I was on, which I'll talk about later. Worst flight I've ever taken in my life. Um, not just because of the weather. But anyway, so I'm starving, and there's a pizza place that stays open until 2 a.m., more or less across the street from the oh, hotel. Oh, yeah. Thinking great New York pizza. I go over there, I get two slices of pizza. One delicious, one I could not even eat. And by my standards... Same place, same night. My standards are very low. Wow. I couldn't choke it down. I was wow. very, very disappointed in that. What was wrong with it? I don't know. Something had turned. <laughs> oh, Lord. It just was funky. Something had turned. Oh, my. It happens. Uh, there's Marsha Phillips with our news. All right, a week after a personal appeal from Kim Kardashian, President Trump commuted the sentence of Alice Marie Johnson. She's the 63-year-old Tennessee woman serving life for a nonviolent drug offense. Late on Wednesday, Johnson walked out of the federal prison in Aliceville telling reporters, This is the greatest day of my life. I cannot, my heart is just bursting with gratitude for what has taken place, what has happened to me today. The great-grandmother going on to add, I'm feeling no handcuffs, nothing on me. I'm free to hug my family. I'm free to live life. I'm free to start over. You know, I'm I'm pro prison reform in a lot of ways, yeah. and uh, and and merciful sentences for nonviolent offenses compared to like the 80s and the 90s, maybe. On the other hand, uh, on the other hand, I think it's worth pointing out that. 
Uh, dealing drugs kills people. It ruins lives, etc. You're complicit in uh, something that is no good for anybody. I was uh, reading a, a dealio the other day about how a lot of the people who they're getting off uh, opioids in Ohio are now on meth and are uh, mething themselves to death. Mm. And so, you know, it's no joke. It's, it's, it's not like you're, you know, selling scalp tickets on Broadway or something. All right. Yes. Did you know the t- tickets to Hamilton start at six hundred and fifty? Alexander Hamilton. Uh, uh, yes, yes, we yes, six hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, that's because the scalpers were getting that, and so the show said, and and this makes perfect sense. If the average person sitting watching us uh, sing and dance about the founding papas uh, paid six hundred and fifty dollars, and eighty percent of that went to a scalper instead of the producers, the cast, uh, Lin Manuel Miranda, et cetera, et cetera, that ain't right. Sure. So they said we're charging that. So Judy was going to go. Mm-mm, she won't pay that. I'm surprised that doesn't happen more often. I've Judy's paid, here in New York with me, Marshall. By the way, I've paid right. way above face value for almost every show I've ever seen because of yeah. uh, trying to, you know, buying a ticket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's here because she doesn't trust me. It's a Mike Pence <laughs> thing, really. <laughs> I'm not allowed to travel without her. Another story we're covering today: President Trump's lawyer. He is in uh, Tel Aviv. He is talking quite a bit. Rudy is saying that Trump forced Kim Jong-un to beg for next week's summit in Singapore. Rudy Giuliani telling reporters that after Trump sent Kim a letter last month calling off the summit... Well, Kim Jong-un got back on his hands and knees and begged for it, which is exactly the position you want to put him in. This is not helpful. Did he know there was a mic? That's great diplomacy, I think. I mean, if you're you're ever in in like an adversarial position with someone, embarrass them, make them feel small. Suggest that you'd mount to them prison style. Right. Suggest that you were superior to them in every way and you made them beg for it. And I think you'll get what you want out of the deal. Good Good. Lord. Yeah. How is that possibly a good thing to say out loud to an international audience? Yes. Wow. Yes. Researchers at the university. I mean, if I wanted to do a deal, if I wanted to agree to something, and somebody said that, I'd say, "F you, I'm out." Right, I'm out. Yeah. You're, you're paying deal. me more than I wanted. I'll work somewhere else. Right, right. Researchers at the University of Massachusetts Amherst are warning a common ingredient used in toothpaste could be linked to cancer. The chemical called triclosan. Yeah, and pigs could fly if they had wings. I mean, I don't understand this. What the hell? Well, this chemical found in over 2,000 consumer products, including cosmetics, toys, kitchenware, and apparently toothpaste. Researchers found the chemical caused gut inflammation and cancer in mice when used in small doses. So don't swallow your toothpaste, mice! I'm not going to try to shut down these stories for all of media, which has been doing them for years, but all of these stories, I always ask the same question they've been doing my whole life. So are you recommending I don't use toothpaste to brush my teeth? No. Then what's the point of the story? Just don't, like, squeeze giant gobs of it into your mouth and swallow it. Really? And by the way, Jack, given the average weight of the American swine, their wings would have to be enormous to achieve flight. I mean, really, impractically big. Back to you, Marshall. All right, the Warriors beating the Cavaliers 110 to 102. Warriors, Kevin Durant locking up the Game 3 victory over the Cavs. He managed to drill a dagger. From 33 feet out with less than 50 seconds left. Now Hood picks him up on the switch. Shot clock at five. Kevin Durant way outside. Delivers! Kevin Durant from downtown. It's 
a six-point game. Golden State grabbing a three-zip lead in the best-of-seven series. So I got to Gotham in time to watch the fourth quarter, and uh, Steph drained one from standard three-point land with about a minute left. And then uh, Kevin Durant, apparently believing they were playing a game of horse, stepped back three or four feet and drained one from you know practically the half-court line. It was amazing. And then uh, next time down the court, if I'm not incorrect, uh, Draymond Green threw one down, big man, throw it down. Yeah, so if you're a Warriors fan, obviously that's awesome. But if you're the rest of the country and you don't like the Warriors, I can see why the whole, I mean, because you have four All-Stars. Two of them, two or three of them play crappy. You got other All-Stars that score 40 points. I mean, it's just, it's not fair. Sounds like the American military, Jack. That's the idea. Overwhelming force. <laughs> okay. And you're against this? Are you? Red? Joe, uh, while you're in New York, I understand there are some fantastic tailors there. You might want to go try to get fitted for your short suit that I'm sure you're going to have to be wearing at some point next week. So just yeah. a little friendly advice. No, the uh, the uh, the Cavaliers will clearly win Game 4, and you will be Boy. wearing the short suit. No, Although, you will. <laughs> while sitting in the airport yesterday, my yes. wife forced me to admit that both of us kind of want to lose the bet. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, rock, and rock the short suit. <laughs> it's, it's true. We just want to have the excuse of why we're wearing a short suit. <laughs> yes! That is a wrap. That's the news. <laughs> I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. I want to tell you a little bit about this flight I was on yesterday just because of the screams. I'd never heard that before. Of course, I've been in prison and done hard times, so I've heard screams like that before. <laughs> nice. So, Michael, thanks. I've, I've uh, occasionally mentioned this might be my favorite song of all time, the Bee Gees Nights on Broadway. I'd also request at some point today the old 97 song, Broadway. Got it. All New, all New York music today as we are in Gotham. Excellent. Fantastic. So what do you got to do? We got to go see the Statue of Liberty. Empire State Building is just a couple blocks from the hotel. It's all lit up rainbow for Pride Week. Got to see a Broadway show. Got to walk through Central Park. Got to do all the things tourists do, right? Get a big sure. pretzel. Get, Get a big pretzel. And a hot egg. Ride in a yellow cab. Get a hooker. Do all the things New Yorkers do. Nice. <laughs> Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. It was just reported that uh, 10 New Jersey beaches have been found to have unsafe levels of fecal bacteria. The good news, all the other beaches in New Jersey have safe amounts of fecal bacteria. The proper amount. I've seen no fecal bacteria on the street in New York since I've been here. If you're in San Francisco, you can't walk five feet without seeing human or dog fecal matter. I would like to see a semi-scholarly study uh, explaining the differences in policy and the results they have yielded. Yeah, I'm not trying Ed. to bag on San Francisco. <laughs> San Francisco is one of my favorite places in the world. Well, that's San why, Diego also. Right, that's why you bag, because you love. It's clearly I bag, because I love. It's clearly some sort of policy that's causing the homeless situation to be what it is in San Francisco as opposed to New York. It's right. clearly. Mm-hmm. Um. And the first time I ever came to New York 25 years ago or whatever, there were tons of homeless people. And and, and Times Square was still disgusting. Right. But uh, they changed that through policy. Not luck, not wishing. Um, well, and, and you've got to accept there are going to be unfortunate uh, aspects of an effective policy. 
There are unfortunate aspects of an ineffective policy. They're incredibly unfortunate. For all the taxpayers that uh, that live there. Right, right. Jesus is not going to ride in on a unicorn and save it. It's going to involve tough choices. Man, it's interesting. So I'm I'm riding Uber's... I don't travel that much. When I do, I use Uber, and Uber's one of the greatest inventions in the history of mankind. It's so much freaking better than standing on the corner and hoping a cab comes by. I don't know why I did that, just for the experience. It was stupid. (laughs) You took an actual cab? Yeah, I did. Wow, good for you. Um, No, no, not good for me. But uh, Uber is amazing. But anyway, so my Uber driver... As is Lyft, by the way. Lyft, fine service. I've never used Lyft. Hmm. Um, My Uber driver, he uh, from Tibet. Oh, really? And we got on a conversation about where you're from. I said, Is he a uh, long hitter? The said, Lama? said, California. He said, a lot, of, a lot of Asian girls in San Francisco. I said, yeah, a lot of Asian girls in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, thanks for asking. You're Asian. What do you care? Uh, and he said, I, we somehow we got on the A lot of Asian girls in Asia? <laughs> he sa- I said, well, there are not enough Asian girls here for you or whatever. And he said, they all want to date Western guys. Yeah. And I said, It's because we're hot, dude. That's interesting. <laughs> And and then he said, I only want to date American women. He said, I kid, I'll date anybody, um, which I thought was funny. But anyway, so I said, um, uh, he said, what is San Francisco like? He asked specifically because he was thinking about the whole Asian thing. Yeah. I said, I said, real nice. People don't walk as fast. We had that whole conversation. But I said, I'm really interested in the homeless situation because it's a huge problem in California right now. The whole West Coast, actually. Yeah. And uh, it's just a huge problem. And I, I haven't seen hardly any homeless people in New York. And 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 he said, I, he said, I don't get it now. This not may not be the correct opinion. He might not be he might not be right on a number of levels, but I just think it's interesting. Somebody from another country, he would generally be seen as you know a uh, a protected group, politically speaking. Yeah, right? I see what you mean. You, you certainly couldn't accuse him of being a, a wasp, you know, an old timey. He said, "I don't get it." They, he said, "I don't get it. Why they don't work? Why don't they work? They don't want to work. They just like to sleep." <laughs> I thought that. Whoa, I, whoa, 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 whoa! Hey, hey! Let's not get too judgmental. Yeah, I don't Me know why too. we're dragging sleep into this. <laughs> but I just thought it was interesting. You know, I think that's the normal, the normal human reaction to seeing people on the street. Is I bust my ass every freaking day. You know, I got four hours of sleep last night, and I'm going to work. I don't want to live. That guy's driving. I guarantee that's not his only job. Driving that Uber car. That attitude that you and he are displaying—that is the modern attitude. And by modern, I mean the last five thousand years. There will always be beggars. And he, there will always be losers. There will always be the mentally ill and the physically handicapped who I am delighted to help take care right, of. He threw delighted. In that, he threw in that caveat without me needing to do it. He said, yeah, if, he said, if there's something wrong with them, he said that's one thing. But he said, I think a lot of them. He said, I've talked to some of them. They just like to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Again, criticizing was, my hobbies. Thank you, man. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. So, um, uh, it's a long flight from coast to coast. I don't, those of you who are business travelers who crisscross the nation regularly, I don't know how you do it. I don't have the discipline or something between the irregular sleep and the eating and the not knowing what time it is. I don't know how you freaking do it. It about kills me and I do it twice a year. I think everything you do wrong administers such a beating to you physically. You adapt pretty quick and you get smart. You'd have or to, or you end up being 245 pounds and dead of a heart attack at 52. Yeah, you'd have to be very disciplined about your, your water intake, your eating, your, yeah. your, your sleeping, your everything. everything. Yeah. But, uh, and I'm not just in general. But anyway, so uh, I get on this flight in uh, in Denver, 
And we sit on the ground for an hour in the plane, which I think is some sort of they push away from the gate. So it counts as an on time departure. B.S. Beautiful. Because they could have left us all inside. We'd have been so much more comfortable. But um, because of wind shear. Well, I, I only know the wind term wind shear from horrifying crashes where hundreds die in planes. Yep. Wind shear is a thing. So yeah, Judy actually asked me because we saw your text about that. And I was trying to come up with a way that was not terrifying to describe what a wind shear is as we're walking through the airport. But, yeah, it's terrifying. I am. I'm like trying to sleep, barely paying attention. I thought we were already flying at one point. I looked out the window and we're on the ground. The plane was shaking so much. I thought we were flying. Just sitting on the ground, the plane was just vibrating like crazy. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was something. But anyway, so when we took off a good chunk of the flight, but especially the first half hour, people were screaming. Not not just the occasional occasional gasp or wide right. eye. There were many people screaming like it was a horror movie. As the plane would like plunge. Oh and yeah, then plunge bang. and twist and tilt and just it was oh, all over the place. Ah! Yeah, that's what it sounded like. Except wow. for you know forty people just that I could hear from here in my ear. Like that kind of screaming, oh. just shrieking. Oh my god! I had a brief. I've never been scared of flying. Thank God. I had a brief fear starting to creep in, and then I thought what I always thought. I thought, you can be afraid. You can be very afraid. You can go to sleep. You can not be afraid. It's not going to have any effect on anything. Exactly. So then, then it was over. I was fine. Yeah. But because it yeah. doesn't make any difference. God, it, I've you, got to work hard to stop my mind from running through, what would it be like? Stop it, Joe. Stop it. I can think about how think my wife. anything. I can think about my wife dealing with raising kids by herself or not. It's going to have no in, impact on whether right. or not we crash. Right. Um, so I just, so I went, so I went back to, you know, I have no control over this. Luckily, my mind works that way with flying. But uh, I can't control my stomach, and immediately I thought, I'm going to get sick. Oh, God. I mean, I was getting seasick. We're, we're doing this weird rocking back and forth thing. Oh, on a plane. boy. Jeez, just doing that with my hands. About oh, just watching you do it made me sick. I actually had the airbag out of the pocket and on my lap. Haven't done that since I flew with the Blue Angels a dozen years ago. Two sack jack. When I threw <laughs> it, we forget. I filled up two air, airbags right. in a plane. But this, God, I was just, my head still hurts from the motion sickness. I had my, my mouth over the bag while people are screaming at the top of their lungs. Fly the friendly skies. And it was that way intermittently for, for four hours. And they never got a chance to really serve food or drink. Because the uh, the air waitresses had to be strapped to their seat. And every once in a while, they would get up and start to push a cart down the aisle. And then, ding, and the pilot would come on. Uh, air waitresses, return to your seat and strap yourself in. It's going to be a little bumpy for a while. And so they never got to go all the way down the aisle. Oh, and So um, you couldn't even get, like, a water to sip so, on? Or? So people like me who were counting on buying a meal just didn't get to eat. Nobody got anything. To, every once in a while, somebody would turn on their light. Can I get something to drink, please? And the air waitress would make her way down the aisle, holding the seats, trying not to get thrown around. Uh, if we if it settled out, I'll try to. I'll try. And she'd make her way back and strap herself wow. back in. Wow. <laughs> God, that sucks. It was crazy. Finally, oh. they came by with plastic cups, I guess, so we don't all get... Uh, uh, they didn't use the usual cups. They had, like, these weird little super soft plastic cups that really? I'd never seen before. I wow. guess so we don't get bashed in the head or something. I don't know. Wow. I, and they gave us, like, a, a, a thimble full of water each so we don't die on the plane. God, it was like a Philippine prison or something. I mean, that's rough. Yeah, it was... Here's your sip of water, idiot. I, I've never been more glad to get off a flight than that one. Felt like I was wow. going to yak. People screaming. Oh, jeez. You know, Judy and I had it kind of rough, too. We were there in the exit row with our feet stretched out, and they brought our beer, and hers was kind of foamy. 
and it went right over the edge of the can. They had to bring her a napkin. It's so There's something when that about. Happens. I know. There's so, the, the, the guy next to me was a guy who drank. He tried to order a gin and tonic when we were still on the ground, and she said. FAA doesn't allow us to serve alcohol where we're still on the ground. I thought, what kind of a dumb effing law is that? But anyway, so he couldn't get a gin and tonic. The whole flight, flight he kept trying to get a gin and tonic, and they couldn't get it to him. Poor guy. <laughs> Brother, that's why I strap a sack to my body. A soft bag is like a camel back full of gin and tonic. That's why you, just suit, for those emergencies. That's why you suitcase a fifth. Oh, yeah, exactly. I got a little tube running out of there right up to my mouth. Latest poll on the economy. Who gets the credit? Trump? Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.